Come on, taste this. And I can't let go. My friends wonder what is wrong with me. Tasters, now that is what you call blue-eyed soul. Rest in peace, Bobby Caldwell, and welcome to my table. In today's table, we are going to deal with the morbid subject of death. Let's talk about it. Here it go. celebrities, meaning actors, musicians, artists, athletes, etc. It will only be in relation to real life and how I may apply celebrity situations to real life situations. Tasty Topics is not a celebrity gossip podcast. Any celebrity business discussed on my podcast would be after it has already been made public. I'm not here to create or spread rumors with no proof or merit. Yeah. Hey, hey, tasters. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to my table. Um, As this episode plays, I think I am going to throw a disclaimer in there. You know, it's funny. I created my own disclaimer. I want to see if I can get a copyright for it. I feel like my disclaimer is pretty good. You know, it's not legally binding or nothing yet, but I like the way I worded it. And we will be talking about one or two stars today. But yeah, that music that brought us into today's episode that is the late great Bobby Caldwell that we just lost a few weeks ago and when I was a young girl you know everybody likes to talk about the fact that they didn't realize that he was a white man honestly I discovered that so many years ago it's not a thing to me now but I'm not shocked to still hear you know hear people say wait that was a white boy Bobby Caldwell yeah like I said that's what they call blue eyes soul and for any of you tasters who are interested, I actually um found out that that wasn't by accident that a lot of people didn't know that Bobby Caldwell was a white man. It was by design because when that song was dropped, be it in the very late 70s or the early 80s, I'm not sure the timeline, but I know it was decades ago, there was no social media. So when somebody dropped the song, all you heard was the voice. And whatever they put out on their album covers. And back in the days when Bobby Caldwell dropped that single, he used a silhouette of himself sitting on a bench, like on a boardwalk. And it was just a black silhouette and nobody knew that he was white. But again, I discovered um, listening to a young man who was dropping some music knowledge that that wasn't by accident. He wanted people to think or maybe assume that he was black. It was like a draw. And so back then, the only thing that you could do is get tickets to shows and concerts. And it was by word of mouth. So imagine back in the days, tasters, if you was coming up during that time, like I said, the 70s and 80s. And you go to a show at the Beacon and you see this white man come out on the stage to my, in my world, only you. You'd be like, oh shit, oh shit. You can't wait to get home because you ain't got no cell phones. Ain't no cell phones back then. Can't wait to get home and, and, and hope it ain't too late to call your peoples and tell them, y'all went to the Beacon and I went to see Ashford and Simpson and they had this dude, Bobby Caldwell. You know Bobby Caldwell with this, the jam. He opened up for me and he white. What you mean he white? Yeah, he white boy. But yeah, Bobby Caldwell, it's white man. And when I listen to that song, it always struck me like I don't care what anybody says. I feel like when white people sing like that from such a deep and soulful place to the point where if they go unseen, people would debate and argue you down that that has to be a black person singing. I feel like they sing in that way because they have had some very melanated experiences, if you know what I mean. Like, tasters, you can't tell me that a man with a voice like that 
Like I said, when he get deep down into it, like that in my world, only you. That don't come from a man that's eating potato salad with raisins and unseasoned chicken. No, no tasters. That is the voice. Look, that is the voice of an angel. That type of depth and emotion comes from a, a white man who has experienced laying down with some melanated love, waking up in the morning, the grits and slab bacon with real biscuits, not no canned biscuits, real biscuits and molasses. That is the voice of a man who knows what it's like to come in after a set. You know, that's what they, they musicians, especially jazz players, they would call it, I guess back in the days, call it a set. That man knows what it's like to come home and it's a pot of beans and neck bones on the stove and collard greens and, and a bottle of Trappy's Red Devil waiting on the side to put on the collard greens and give it a little extra salt. Because, Tasters, how many of you grew up with Trappies in the house? Like, yeah, see, my family is 100% American, 100, not 99, not 95, and we kept Trappy's Red Devil. That was the only hot sauce that we had in the cabinet, and Trappy's never had any heat. But you know what Trappy's did? For some reason, it just made greens taste extra good. Am I the only one who feels that way about Trappy's? So anyway, Tasters, like I mentioned today, we are going to talk about death, men who have died. Losing the men in our lives and I don't want to say dicks. Well, you know, in my intro, if you listen to my tasty topics faithfully and you play my trail, I always say that I'm going to talk about dicks, dead relatives or dicks and relatives that you wish were dead. So, yeah, today that is going to be the focus. Like men have passed on, but we've lost quite a few back to back in like over the last maybe two months. So, on top of losing the great blue-eyed soul singer Bobby Caldwell, found out that my man from The Wire, I never even knew his name. Remember the um the commissioner from The Wire, the, the black dude, Lee Reddick? He was also in John Wick. Oh, got to see John Wick for counting down to that. It's already out, but I haven't seen it yet. I need to make a movie date and go check out John Wick for But um, yeah, Lee Reddick, if, I think that's his name. He passed away apparently from natural causes, and at only maybe 60 years old. I always wonder when they talk about people who are not so old listing their death as natural causes. What you think about that, Tasters? What exactly constitutes a natural cause? And oh my goodness, I hope that... um. I think I might have messed this man's name up. Bear with me, bear with me, Tasters. You said you want to keep me on longer, so here you go. So I'm going to look it up. Death of Wire Actor. Death of Wire Star. Oh, God, oh, please. Lance, oh, my goodness, please forgive me, Tasters. The man's name was not Lee. It was Lance Reddick. And Lance Reddick died. Yeah, he was only 60 years old. And they said it, his death was confirmed by his publicist. And it was listed as natural causes. And on top of the death of Bobby Caldwell and Lance Reddick. Look, if you believe, they say it comes in threes. Here's the third. My man Nipsey. Nipsey from Martin. Nipsey, our favorite buffalo wing making, drink serving, bartender with the beautiful spirit and personality. He died. And again, from what I understand, natural causes. And um, his family announced it weeks after he died. His name in, um, is Sean Lampkin. And he was even younger. My man Nipsey from Martin died at only 54 years old. So rest in peace to you, Nipsey. You know, I know that this life is not forever. You know, we only get one turn at this, one go round. But all of these deaths and it being listed natural causes, I don't know. That just doesn't sit right in my spirit. And speaking of spirit, let's get into it. Let's talk about my mentals, my mentals. Uh, first and foremost, we are in the month of Ramadan. For all of you who know or don't know, that is the month that Muslims, faithful and devout Muslims use to reflect and fast and you know, whatever else that they do. And I mentioned it because, you know, I live in New York City. New York City is actually a very, very Muslim 
places and it's, it's islam all day like my section of brooklyn that i live in everybody knows the bedford avenue strip you got the mass shit at taqua right there fulton and bedford and then you got the atlantic avenue strip by barclays like fourth avenue i think they even call that little pakistan over there so we have a lot of muslim brothers brothers and sisters and children out here and even though i don't know a lot about the faith again it is ramadan and um happy ramadan to you all i hope you all make it through your, your fast thing that's something I'm not good at you know I used to say that because I'm crazy about my Batman who if you all don't know or I've mentioned before is Muslim that I would try it with him during you know one of these years during Ramadan and as we've gone along this is not our first Ramadan together and tastes I ain't got it in me I can't do it so according to Ramadan you have a cutoff in the morning I think it may be 5 a.m. for food and you can't eat again until after sundown which might be about the 5 30 or 6 o'clock hour I don't have it in me you know I I would love to be a, a good Muslim woman a, a good Muslim wife in training but that part of it you know, I, 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 I can't do it. I'm too greedy. I got to have something. I even saw a meme. They made um a joke. They were showing a clip from Juice when Tupac and Omar Epps was in the elevator together staring each other down. And the caption said, when you catch one of your Muslim brothers online at a fast food joint during Ramadan. Yeah, that'd be me. A sneak eating, carrying granola bars in my pocket, a popping something. Look, a banana in my bag, something, anything. Yeah, that that's not for me. And also, um, speaking about my mentals, I got a lot of positive energy around me. First, I want to shout out the taster that left the message on Spotify regarding my last episode. Is it kink? cringe or criminal and the question of the day was are you into bdsm or any other type of kinky activity and the taster said i'm down to try new things <laughs> i know that's right we are in the 21st century you know the the, the the clock only moves forward why not try new things what about you tasters are you into new things and um, this is another reason why I wanted to drop a disclaimer because I am going to talk about shout out to my girl, my tourist sister, Black China, excuse me, <clears throat> who is no longer going by the name of Black China. She is going back to the essence and she would like for us to refer to her as Angela White and I am with the shits. That's right, Angela White. Amen. Amen to Angela White who has gotten all of, she's going through a process where she's having all of her add-ons removed and reduced. No more fake titties, no more fake booty. Oh, she was so, um, shout out to her for being so transparent and admitting that her booty wasn't even the updated booty that everybody's getting you know it wasn't from a bbl she actually had illegal ass shots done you know when they was filling up people's asses with fix a, fix a flat and cement and crazy glue back in the days and she said what happens is just like with the singer k michelle it starts to harden you know that stuff starts to leak through your body you might get an infection you could end up dead look again speaking of death and, and dying and she just couldn't take it anymore and I'm not even here to go back and forth about whether or not it's real or fake. Fuck whether it's real or fake. She's doing it. And she's talking about it. She brought up her baptism. You know, it's it's in steps. It's a process. She was actually baptized, like full water, full body baptism last year. And this is another part of the process. And I feel for her. I feel for you, Angela White. My prayers are with you. I love it, girl. And I just want to get into astrology i'm gonna do astrology episode one day too because i really do believe in astrology i don't think that astrology is bogus i feel that people who say that astrology is bogus the naysayers you know it, it, i kind of side-eye that because it's like you know those are the same people who will say that they have faith in god look sight unseen believe in jesus this is just a man that we read about in books you know bible verses but when it comes to astrology and you got people who are actually walking, talking, living, breathing examples of 
everything that the stars have aligned up and have said about their actual zodiac sign and you still don't believe hmm, shame on you i definitely side eye because i am i've gotten to the point where i'm so good with astrology I actually kind of frightened my friends one year we were all in hawaii on a girl's trip and I went around the table because, you know, we didn't all know each other. You know, it was a group, my girlfriend's birthday that it was that year. She had invited like different groups of friends and we all came together. So we were all sitting drinking one night and I just went around the table and I was able to guess everybody's astrology, their zodiac signs, just by personality and sometimes just even appearance alone. Like this is some zodiac signs you can tell by their, their figures, their physiques, their facial features, their eyes, their shapes what their zodiac sign is and yeah i'm pretty good with that so anyway again angela white my Taurus sister love you for it love what you're going you know what you, you you're putting yourself through putting yourself out there to the public and it doesn't feel like a stunt to me she's not taking selfies like hey look check me out no mirror selfies bathroom selfies she ain't got her ass up like she's going whatever she's going through She's feeling it, and I know the shit. Like I said, especially being a Taurus woman. Let me tell you what I will say about us overall as a sign. They say that Taurus people in general are very emotional, especially the women. You know, you ever look at Candy Burris from Escape and um, Housewives? She's always crying. I'm a big crybaby. Not like a cancer crier. Now, cancers, I don't know. That Their level of crying is something different. But when we cry, it's usually in rage and passion and anger. And all I'm going to say is when a, a tourist starts crying, be glad that it was only tears. And let's just hope that those tears don't go further than a good cry. Because once we start letting it out, it's because we feel it. It's a fire burning through us. And that those tears are cleansing. So I would imagine that Miss Angela White has had some real powerful teary cleansing sessions to bring her to where she is right now. And again, kudos to you. And I applaud you for your journey. And I'm all the way there with it. Because I'm definitely, I'm feeling some fire myself right now. Now we're going to talk about my body. Yaddy, yaddy. Yeah, I'm still feeling fucked up, fat feverish falling a failure <laughs> can't work out don't work out too much pain you know just popping pills not doing what i'm supposed to do sleeping too much and just feeling fucked up and you know what i'm not going to beat myself up over it I'll, I'll get over it i'll get past it and um i just pray that things get better for me i know that there are things that i could be doing to better my situation that i don't so i will say that you know, and also, oh, let me rewind back to my mentors. I want to shout out a young lady that I just got familiar with. She calls herself Tasha Talks A Lot. She also has a podcast. I was introduced to her through my boy Lama from Views of an X. You should check her out. She has an article this week in a magazine. You can read the article online. The article is um, for her, her name is Tasha Hugh, H-O-U-G-H, and the article is in an online magazine called Canvas Rebel. It's a really good article. She talks about so many things, things that I told her when I read the article, I, I had to text her, I said, girl, you make me want to hit the reset button on my own life because her article is also very transparent. She gives a lot of details about things that she's going through. You know, even though I'm not a mother, like she talks about being a single mother, you know, the things that she has overcome with that, you know, with her own, um, you know, just emotions and just living, having a human experience. So check it out. Go online. You can go on Instagram or you can go just Google Canvas Rebel and look for the interview with Tasha Hugh. And let's get to the main course <laughs> what brought us here today with all this death around me and you know losing people that was significant to me in the entertainment world i just started thinking about death and the men in our lives dying yeah isn't that a heavy one tasters the men in our lives dying how many of my tasters have experienced that you know, like that's such a major big deal to me. I'm going to be honest. I have not, not directly. I have been with men that I found out years later died or I was 
dating men. Again, I, I found out after the fact, but I've never directly been affected. Let's just put it out there. I've never been with a man and got a phone call that I had to come run into the hospital because my man was dying. Or that a man that I had been with, he was not here anymore. Or he was about to go. What's that like, Tasters? Like, that's just like a, you know, it's it's just like rough to hear. You know, I want to know. It's just something that I know eventually we will all experience. Someday, somehow, we are going to be dead to somebody or someone that we love close to us is going to die. And I'm keeping it specifically on men because, again, the three men that I mentioned this week, you know, they passed on. And I just want to know, like, what's it? How do you recover from that? That's one of my first questions, like the recovery process. Like, let's talk about losing, like, the loves in your life. I'm, I'm going to name the big ones. Either your boyfriend, your husband, or your baby daddy. Like, how do you get past that? Like, initially, I know it's a shock. Or if it's not a shock, I wonder, tasters, does the volume get turned down? Like, is it less alarming when the death is expected? Like, I know a few people that lost their men through illness. Like, I had somebody that I was involved with years ago, and I found out years later that he was sick and that he died. And I'm going to speak about that later on. Look, I'm talking about, like, side chicks. Do side chicks get to mourn? Yeah, that's a part of this, too. But it's like, when you know that you're going to lose someone, you know, as far as your man, does it make it any easier? You know, I hope that's not a stupid question, but I'm just curious to know. Um, or when the death is unexpected or sudden, like the reason why I'm thinking about it, I wonder like, can I handle that? I don't know. I don't know if I'm that strong. I remember I was having a conversation with a young lady years ago. She had gone to the funeral of a friend's man who had passed. I think he might have been killed. And she was saying, you know, she was wondering like, wow, I wonder how much she loved him because she didn't even cry at his funeral. You know, I always say you can't tell people how to mourn. You can't. Like everybody expresses sorrow and grief differently. Look, I'm going to take it way back as I always do. Who remembers the episode of Good Times when they had the funeral episode for James when Florida lost James? If you all recall that episode, everybody in the house had an issue with Florida because she didn't shed a tear. You know, she was so stoic and strong and serving up the food and laughing with all his friends and the other mourners that came through. And they didn't understand. But in the end, very end of that episode, she had that breakdown. Remember, damn, damn, damn. You know, it's, you know, losing a man that you love. that has got to feel like. Damn, damn, damn. You know, I don't know if I could handle it. And um, I wanted to talk about the mourning period. Like how long? I feel like when we as women lose men, just overall. Tasty, did you ever notice that it seems like women are expected to mourn forever in a day? You get where I'm coming from? Like, I feel like when a woman loses her man, especially if she was married or they had children, they were still together and it was strong. Like, she's supposed to just be a permanent professional widow. You know what I mean by professional widow? Again, this is why I needed to put a disclaimer out there. Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle, who was killed a few years back. And when he was killed, he was with the actress Lauren London, beautiful Lauren London. To this day, from what I understand, is still single. I don't know if that's by choice or by chance, but it makes me just curious if she has remained single or at least single in the public eye because she doesn't want to be judged. Like maybe she feels that she can't just pop out and have somebody else because Nobody, we know that nobody can replace Nipsey. Yes, he was the love of her life. It's so sad that before he was killed, they were doing little interviews together. There was some cute thing online where they did a Q&A, you know, talking about what they knew about each other, like how well they knew each other as a couple. And it was so wonderful. And they was a gorgeous couple. You ever seen some couples that they just so nice to look at? 
Oh yeah, I've experienced compliments like that once or twice in my life. And it's a good feeling. I remember when I was, um, look, here it is. I'm there and off subject. But just talking about good looking couples and dicks that I wish were dead. The nigga that I call Astro Land and my episode 92 views of an ex with llama he and i were on a date one day we were actually we were in coney island and i was real slim back then and we were dressed alike i had on some acid wash denim jeans with a lemon yellow shirt and the reason why i can remember so vividly that day we looked so cute that we got our picture taken together and they put it in a keychain so he and i were walking down surf avenue just having a good time like we was going to play all the games i think we had just fucked nathan's we had just got food from one of them greasy stands like the real ones in Coney Island, like Italian sausage, the shrimp that come in the cone-shaped cup, having a nice time. And I'll never forget it was a Spanish chick walking with her boyfriend. She stopped us. She was like, yo, y'all look real cute together. Like, seriously, y'all look fucking good. And she asked, she was like, you want me to take your picture? And back then, that's when phone cameras was real choppy. And she took our picture and then he was feeling cute. He was like, come on, let's go to the picture booth and we got a keychain made. Well, anyway, he's a dick that he could die for all I care. Right the fuck now. Drop dead today and I wouldn't give a fuck. I don't even think I would offer my condolences the way that man ended up doing me. Yeah. Dicks that you wish were dead. And you know, people say, you shouldn't wish death on anybody. You know what? I, on my podcast, I'm not going to be fake and phony about my feelings. Yeah. He's somebody that... If I could rewind, he would have never happened. You know, they always say you shouldn't have any regrets. Oh, he was definitely a big regret. I can honestly say if I go back, there's nothing that I did or experienced with him that I feel I would have been missing out on had I never met him. Well, anyway, moving forward again back to Lauren London and Nipsey Hussle after his death, it's like, damn. Like, I wonder, next year, two years from now, three years from now, is it okay for Lauren to show up at a film premiere with a gentleman on her arm? Can she walk the red carpet with a new boyfriend or fiancé? Or will people say, that ain't right? She just lost Nipsey. The man is still, look, the man ain't even cold in the ground and she already with somebody else. And look, here we go. Here go the sirens. New York City girl. Where ASAP, ASAP um, Ferg said, I got to close my window when I record because New York don't know how to be quiet. But yeah, I feel like um, poor Norman could pop out with somebody a year from now, two years from now. And people will be saying that it's too soon. Look, more celebrity examples. Let's talk about my girl, Lanethia Monique Leakes, Nene from Housewives of Atlanta. She's somebody that I was speaking about having a sick husband. Her husband was dying if I'm... Not mistaken, if I can recall, I think he had colon cancer. And he hung on for as long as he could and until he couldn't anymore. And I would say maybe months after his death, then he had a boyfriend. And people got on her so bad. How could she? She ain't never loved Greg Leakes. What kind of love was that? And it's like, damn, like really taste this. How do we know who she didn't love? From my understanding, you know, from what I've read or what I've heard, it was said that Greg told her he wanted her to move on. He wanted Nene to be happy. He didn't want her to sit in sorrow and mourning over him. And I know one thing's for certain and two damn things for sure. Speaking of mourning and sorrow, I feel like when men lose women, not only do they not sit in mourning and sorrow, they move on so quick, it'll make your damn head spin. It's like, well, damn, didn't you just... Has it been a year... Chases, I know men that lose their women today and a year later they already done got somebody else pregnant and put a ring on it. You know, so it's it's like, damn, like for women and men, there's definitely a double standard when it comes to death. Um, What else did I want to speak about regarding death? Oh, I was saying or asking, do side chicks get to mourn? I think I might have mentioned this before. Remember that? Part of Ray, when one of Ray's women wanted to come to his funeral, I think. And I think maybe his wife had an issue with it. 
or his ex had an issue with it. One of his women had an issue with her showing up at Ray's funeral. And it was like, no, you don't belong here. Or maybe I'm confusing my movies. Well, anyway, the reason why I brought that up, it was somebody that I had. Let's say a situation where we're going to get deep. I'm not going to say I was a side chick, but there was somebody that I had started creeping with years after we had really stopped messing around. He had a girlfriend. And he and I, we weren't even like sexual, but he was like coming to pick me up and take me out on nice dates. We would go to dinner. We would have drinks. And honestly, he was sick. This man was sickly. He had all the sex. He did lung this and asthma that and stuff going on with his blood cells. But I didn't expect that he would die. So maybe, you know, after that little bit of creeping around that we had been doing for a minute, we probably, I think we had a falling out over um, or a misunderstanding over something really silly. It was actually, I think, over some silliness on Instagram. And he hit me and said something to the effect of, what's that all about? And I was like, you know what, fuck him. You know, acting all stupid. And we really just went cold on each other. I never text him no more. I think I deleted his number. I didn't block him, but it's just like he was just a non-factor. It was like, you know what, go ahead with your sick ass. Like, not, not to be nasty, but that's just how I felt. Like, you got a girlfriend anyway. Me and you ain't going nowhere with it. Then it got to the point where he started using me to vent about his lady and I'm definitely not the one for that. It's like, okay, I'm loving these dinners and and, and the drinks and all this atmosphere because he sure knew how to find some nice places to run off to just to eat and drink and ride through the streets of New York City. You know, real good scenery, but it got to the point where it's like it ain't even worth it. And I was like super single then. This is years ago. So anyway, we fast forward about three, four years after that, um Go on Instagram because we got mutual friends and I see a rest in peace to him. And it's like, damn, the man is gone. And I attended his funeral. He was a real popular dude out here. Big, big dude in these streets. And his funeral, it, it was um it was a major event. Cause for blocks, you couldn't even park. Like people would double and triple park. For his funeral services, you know, like the crowd was a mile long. It was a line to get into the church. And this man's funeral was at night. It was about maybe seven, eight o'clock at night. His viewing was all day long. He had a night funeral and it was standing room only. Big church, crowded affair. And I remember standing at the back of the church because, again, we had been secretly creeping. And I had my shades on and I just felt so sad because it's like, me standing here at this man's funeral, who am I to any of these people? I'm nobody. I'm an absolute no one. And this day ain't about me. It's about his baby mamas. It's about his current baby mama's girlfriend, the ex-wife, his parents, his cousins, brothers and sisters. But me, I was just a shadow. I could have been just a, a mourner in passing that just walked in. Uh, crash in the funeral. Do they have funeral crashes? I know they have criers. They talk about that. Look, here I go with good times. Remember crying Wanda on good times? That she would just go to everybody's funeral just to cry like she got a kick out of it. But they said back in the days, especially people that didn't have many friends and family, they would have professional criers that they would have just come to mourn the body. Isn't that kind of weird? But, um, yeah. I remember feeling away. It was like, damn, I knew he was sick. You know, because we didn't keep in touch and we were no longer friends, I didn't know that he was that sick. And he died. He died very, very early age. And um, early to me, I feel like any death before 60 years old is early, too early. And he was very young. He definitely wasn't even 50 yet. And um, I just felt, it felt bad. It was like, damn. You know, I had to take my own thoughts, go look, drown my sorrows in liquor. And then, you know, the couple of handful of girlfriends that knew about us, they understood, but it was like, hey, girl, you know, that's the breaks. That's the breaks of being a side chick. But I didn't like that label because I don't feel like I was ever his side chick. But again, I didn't count when that man lost his life and when it was time to mourn him. Um, also, uh, what else? Oh, what about when... People die. Have any of you tasters experienced this? 
or know anything about family secrets that come out. I always hear these stories about people keep so many secrets, especially men, that there's things that don't even come out until after they're dead. Like you find out about kids across town whole other families insurance policies remember when they put um sex in the city back out for that season maybe about two years ago and carrie found out that when mr big died he actually left his ex-wife an insurance policy or just a, a chunk of money that might have been a million dollars and for carrie it was like are you serious what a fucking slap in the face like damn you know so i don't know like i wonder how could i handle finding out after my man died that he was keeping big secrets from me like the man is dead now what do i do but do you continue to mourn or do you just separate yourself from do you stop loving a man whose ugly secrets are revealed after his death do you <laughs> I don't know. And speaking again about um after death and the mourning period. Like I said, I feel like men, they just get to move on so quickly. Like I bet you if you do the statistics and you look at the numbers and you find out, like especially with remarriages. Like back in the days, I bet statistically men remarried more quickly when they became widows than women did. You got women that actually just suffered and Stayed single until the end of time after losing the first husband. Hey, do you all know that back in the days, they used to do some shit in India. The actual, on the it, the country of India or the continent of India where if you lost your husband, no matter how young you were, after he died, you got sent away to a whole island that they had set up for widows. It was like a jail. I actually went and saw a movie about it. And... It was just crazy, like it blew my mind. Like there was an actual, yeah, it looked like a prison. It was like a whole island set up for women in the book. The whole basis of the movie was, you know, back in the days in India, they used to have a lot of child marriages and they would pair off children to adult men. So there was a little girl in the movie who had been promised to this grown ass man and his old ass died on her. And she had to be about seven or eight years old in the movie. And when this man died, her husband did. I don't even think she realized that she was married. Like, I don't think those marriages are consummated or whatever back then. I don't know how it goes, but it was weird and was wicked. Shame on you, India, and for all the countries who feel that child um, marriages are acceptable and okay. I don't give a fuck about religion. I don't care about um, traditions. It's fucked up. So anyway, in this movie, the little girl's husband dies and they send her off to this widow's island to live out the rest of her life. She was supposed to stay there until she died. But in the whole purpose of the movie, it became like a real like adventure and, you know, this this whole like escape scene. She got off the island. But it was just like really crazy. And I just felt so sad for her. Like, I wonder why is it like through time again why women are expected to mourn so long and to take it so hard and we're just not allowed to move on from a man's death and let's get into some real tasty nitty-gritty years ago i was reading a letter there was an advice column this was back in the days where you could really go online and it was like still like Dear Abby type stuff going on a Dear Anne. And you can send in a question and get real, real answers. Well, I think I was reading an article. It might not have even been online. It might have been in an actual physical magazine. Remember magazines, tasters? So years ago, let's just say it was Honey. That was one of my favorite black girl magazines. Oh, Honey was just so much fun and so sexy. And it gave us so many fashion tips and had so many of our favorite stars, you know, featured every month. Anyway, let's just say they had an advice column one week. And there was a woman who had lost her husband, a very young woman. She might have been under 30 years old. And her question was, my husband died. 
he's been dead for six months, but I'm feeling really horny and I'm feeling ashamed and guilty for it. I really wish to start dating again and taste this, get this. She said, because my husband's death was unexpected. She didn't say why he died, but I remember her stating in the article when my husband was alive, we had a very healthy sex life. We had sex all the time. And since he's been gone, I've never stopped craving sex. And I'm so afraid and so nervous. Please help me. Is it wrong that my husband's only been gone for six months and I'm craving sex? And I remember reading that article back then was just so heavy. It was like, damn. Like, these are things that people don't talk about. Like, after losing a spouse, again, especially if you two are happy and doing good and having good sex and a healthy, active, you know, wonderful love life. Now this man is gone. Is it okay to move on? How do you move on? How do you even trust other men after something like that? You know, the experience of death. I don't know. Like I said, one thing with me, Tasis, I've been fortunate. Any man from my past that I found out was dead, it was always somebody who was very, very far in my rear view. Like there was an older man that I was dating years ago, my very first older man. I remember, um, you know, there was some people that I were really close, that I was really close to, and they were mutual friends of his. But it was crazy to me. Again, you know, you think you know your people. I had asked about him. I had just dropped by one day. And I was like, hey, let's call him Roy. And I was like, hey, I mean, what's going on with Roy? I ain't seen him. No, look, you know how they say, hide no hair of Roy in years. And my people was like, girl, Roy is dead. She told it to me like it was nothing. Like if she was telling me that Roy had um, packed up and bought a house out of town. She was like, girl, Roy's dead. Been dead. Roy been dead about three years. And it was just like, um... I used to fuck Roy. <laughs> Roy used to spend money on me and take me on dates. I used to lay up in Roy's house. I used to wash, wash Roy's dishes. I have cooked for Roy. Like, even though he and I, again, he was somebody who was so far back in my rear view. And we didn't have a, a, a nice ending. Our parting of ways was pretty crappy. But, um, damn. Like, y'all couldn't have called me and told me that the man had died? Again, like I said, it's not like I was ever his side chick. He was somebody that I was seeing at a time where he was single. And he was one of those men that actually had got back. Like, he was single. He and his wife had separated. And then after he and I fell apart and, you know, things didn't work out with him in these streets with his old ass, he got back with his wife. And then I guess he dropped dead, you know? And then who benefits, you know? I'm not going to say lucky her, but... She, you know, it's, it's, it's a win. I mean, I guess nobody's death is a win. But, you know, we're talking about, like, life insurance and all of that. I guess it is. And speaking of that, you know, that's something I'm still not very clear on. You know, I hear all these stories and all of these tales about how you can just take out insurance policies on men that you're not married to or people that you're not married to, period. I still don't understand how that goes. Tastes, have any of you experienced that? Look. Hit me at MsIronbox at gmail.com. Hit me and tell me. Like, what are the steps? Uh, what's that about? How do you take out life insurance policies that you can collect on? On somebody that you are not legally bound to? I know it's real because I've heard that people do it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to rewind. I was so young when I was dating Roy. And he was so much older than me. I was young, tasters. I'm talking about, I might have been about 21 years old when I was dating Roy. And let's just say Roy was 50-something. He was up there. Roy was old. And I was working at a dental office. And Roy would come. Look, he had an old school vintage Jaguar. And he would come pick me up in his Jag. And I remember it was a young lady that I was working with who had a real old husband. Now, this was her husband. And her husband might have been close to 70 years old. And she was in her 30s. And she was bold enough to stop me. One day she saw Roy picking me up. And I think the next day at work she approached me. She was like, that that, that old man, that's your old man. I guess she wanted to make sure he wasn't a family member. Like, that ain't your uncle or nothing, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, that's my old man. She said, look. She said, you better get you some insurance. I said, what you mean? 
insurance. She said, you can take a policy out on him. I was like, but we're not married. She said, girl, when before me and my husband got married, I took out a policy on him. Like I told you, you better get you some insurance. And I didn't go any further with it because at 21 years old, that was like the furthest thing from my mind. Like Roy was just an old man that was spending money on me and taking me places and getting on my nerves and calling me spoiled and complaining about everything, but giving me everything. And then he died. So, but again, I wasn't with him when he died. So how does that work, tasters? Somebody explain that to me. What happens when you do, let's just say this policy thing is real and you get an insurance policy on one of these old men, you're not married to him. He gets back with his ex or returns to his spouse, his baby mother, whoever. What happens then? Do you still get to collect on that policy? Hmm. And speaking of collecting on policies, one thing I will say with the whole side chick thing and paperwork, if you are with men and they have shit that they have not taken care of as far as divorces, because they always say black people, for some reason we got a big problem with getting divorced on paper. It'll be somebody that we hate that we ain't seen for 25 years. And when that person dies... You'll find out that there's some woman, again, across town that's getting everything while you get nothing. Because although he hadn't seen or talked to this woman in 20 years, they were still married on paper. And she gets it all. I have witnessed that. I have seen it. And I will not experience it. Look, I learned my lessons and um, I learned by watching. You know, they said experience is the best teacher. Or just watching other people's experiences, seeing what they go through. And um, I guess I can end this episode of Dead Men, Dead Lovers, and Dead Dicks, period. That's what I'm going to call it. What up? I know you fucking lying. Now, this one is crazy. So anyway, Tasters, years ago, when I was in high school, I had a little job. I had a job where I was going before and after school. For this job, I was actually working for a woman who had graduated from my high school. So she had me, you know, doing a couple of errands for her, whatever. And she was paying me $10 an hour. Like, you couldn't tell me nothing. We took them out back in 1995, 96. And um, I probably was working for her before and after school a total of about 25, 30 hours a week. So you couldn't tell me I wasn't balling. I was caked up. $10 an hour, tax-free cash. I felt good. Anyway... This lady that I was working for, she had a brother. She and her brother, they um, they had a lot of money. Let's just say that. They were very prominent people. They had really good careers. And this brother of hers owned the brownstone that they were living in in the Fort Greene area. So anyway, tasters, I'm going to put it out there. These people were from the, they were from Panama. So they were um, black Panamanians and they were very free with their bodies. So um, I'm going to put it out there, tasters. I would come over in the morning for work and my boss's brother would be on the treadmill. Again, he owned this brownstone that they lived in. He would be on his treadmill in his briefs. And he was a very short man, very fit, ripped. He would go running every morning. Like, this was his routine. He would get up, get on the treadmill, get on the snow. He had a stair climber. He would beat it out on the stair climber to Luther. I'll never forget. He would have Luther Vandross playing. Searching, searching for so long. Oh, rest in peace to Luther. And he would work up a good sweat. But he would be on the stair climber in nothing but um his briefs. Not boxer briefs. I'm talking about the good briefs that hug you. And Tay says, I didn't mean to stare, but um, ooh, we're going to call him Carlos. Carlos was heavy. Carlos had a very heavy package. Like I said, he was a small man, short man, ripped and cut. But when I would come in and see him on that stair climber walking around in his drawers, it's like, damn, Carlos, you, 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 you big boy. And with no shame. And this, this is just what he did. You know, I guess maybe that's how it is. I know 
on the islands. Like I said, I've experienced it in the Caribbean period in South America, all them islands. People walk around very freely. They are very free with their physiques. You know, they let it all hang out. I talked about the incident in Trinidad on the beach where, you know, the family was rinsing off and everybody had, um, just uh, all their fruits and vegetables just hanging and swinging while they rinsed the sand off. Well, anyway, Carlos would be on the stair climber working up a sweat and I would like damn near hide my eyes like, damn, Carlos, you just, just you know, good fuck. So anyway, um, Carlos never tried anything with me. I never looked at him in that way or nothing like that. So... Years passed. I'm an adult now, way past high school. I happened to be walking in the area. And I wanted to go stop by to see my old boss. You know, let's call her, ooh, what's a hot, spicy, black, Latina name? Let's call her Celia. So I wanted to see Celia just to say hello. She was a very busy woman. Like I said, very wealthy, very beautiful woman. Always busy. And I rang the bell and she wasn't home. Carlos answered. Again, in his drawers, like, Carlos, was you on the Stairmaster? Did you just come back from jogging? And he was grinning from ear to ear. What happened was I had dropped a bunch of weight because when I was working for them, I was on the thick side. And when I went to ring the bell, I was in my slim period. Look, I was slim thick thing. And when I tell you Carlos' whole face lit up. And he was standing there in his drawers. And he was like, oh, oh, Stella, good to see you. No, Celia's not home, but um, she'd love to see you too. Uh, what's your number? Here, take my number. Give me a call anytime. And I'm talking about just grinning like that. I said, oh, okay. All right now, I'll see you, Carlos. And um, never thought about him again. You know, I just happened to be walking past. I thought I'd drop by, say hello. She wasn't home. I said I wasn't going to drag it. So anyway, um, maybe another summer passed and I was feeling real good about life, single, whatever. You know, I had been through some experiences and I said, you know what, fuck it. Matter of fact, it was a couple of summers that passed after that. So now I'm in my slim thick glory. I'm a size seven, eight. Like I said, I'm feeling sexy and good about myself. I'm serial dating. And I said, you know what, let me go see what Mr. Carlos is up to. You know, I didn't have his number anymore because I actually didn't save it when he gave it to me that day. I just was like, oh, please, Carlos, ain't nobody thinking about him with that big old um thing swinging. And he was also an older man. I just always felt that it would be disrespectful to try to mess around with my boss's brother. I just felt it just felt weird. And, you know, but I was young then. So we talk about when I was in high school, I was in 12th grade when I was working for her. So, again, years had passed. So I was in the neighborhood again. And I actually ran into a neighbor of theirs who had a real estate office in that area. I actually worked for him before, too, but he was a piece of shit. And um, he stopped me before I could even get on the block. And he said, hey, hey, what's going on, Stella? How you doing? This is the African real estate agent that, again, lived in their neighborhood. And I said, hey, what's going on? I was getting ready to go drop by and see Carlos and Celia, see how they're doing. He was like, what? Drop by to see Carlos? No. Carlos is dead. I said, what? He said, yeah, 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 you can look him up. They did a big article about him because, again, he was a very prominent member of the Panamanian community. He said, yeah, Carlos had cancer and he died. I said, ain't this about a bitch? As soon as I get brave enough and brazen enough, wild enough, grown enough to decide that I might want to experience Carlos and that big package of his off the stair climber, the man is dead. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I know you fucking lying. I'm somebody had been dead, good and dead. When I ran into this realtor, he said, yeah, yeah, he'd been dead. He had been dead definitely over a year. And I just dropped it. I didn't want to see his sister. It just was like, rest in peace, Carlos. Like, what do you do? You know, such is life. Well, anyway, tasters, that's the end of that. Thank you for joining me at today's table. And, oh, what about um Tasty Television? What have you all been watching? You know, we talked about the BMF series. Have you all been keeping up with the Wu-Tang series? Oh, tasters, please, if you haven't, 
This is the final season, the final episodes. I got to be honest, I miss season two, but I am a diehard, well, I definitely was a diehard Wu-Tang Clan fan. And this is a beautiful series. It's on Hulu. And um, it takes you all the way back to their beginnings in Staten Island to how they got popular and the cast that they got playing them. Let me tell you, Raekwon, the dude that they got playing Raekwon is more Raekwon than he is himself. And speaking of um, Dead Men Rest in Peace, the young guy that they got playing ODB, he is more ODB than ODB was himself. He is so much old dirty bastard that I had to look him up because people were spreading rumors that that was his son and it's not his son. The young man is playing him. It's not his son, but he very well could be. And it is a beautiful series. So to all my tasters, all my taste of women, who was your favorites? Back in the days, I was in love with Ghostface Killer. Like Method Man was my man. I did. I had a thing for Method Man, but a strong, when I tell you neck and neck contender for, for my love was definitely Ghostface Killer. And I was such a diehard Wu-Tang fan. I actually went to their first big concert. Back in 1990, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going to give away my age. I remember when Hot 97 went from being a rock station to a rap station. Yeah, it wasn't always a hip-hop station. And they had their first Summer Jam concert. Yep, I went to Summer Jam's very, very first concert. And Wu-Tang was performing and when I tell you they took the stage and tore Summer Jam down, it was so many Wu-Tang Clan members on that stage that I thought that the stage at Summer Jam was going to collapse. I had never seen a concert like that. And I remember I was mesmerized and I was in love with them. I knew the whole 36 Chambers album, lyric by lyric, word for word, beat by beat. I had it on tape and I would listen to it. Like I was so in love with them. Like if a dude took me out on a date, I knew like all the words, like you was picking me up and I was really the chick. Maybe that's why I was so popular back in the days. I was really a chick. If you pick me up on a date, I was sitting there and I could bop to the whole Wu-Tang Clan and not just the popular stuff. I knew everything that was on the B side. I knew protect your neck lyric by lyric. And, um, yeah, that was one of my favorite groups. I was actually so crazy about Wu-Tang Clan that for some reason, I think the year that I was working for Celia, I had saved up some money and I wanted a Wu-Wear leather. Wu-Wear was a brand that they had. It was their clothing brand. And I treated myself. I think I went downtown Brooklyn and it was a leather store downtown and I threw $500 on the counter and bought me a Wu-Wear leather and I wore my leather. With my cute little Levi's jeans and my New Balance. And you couldn't tell me shit. But yeah, I was definitely a diehard fan. So let me tell you something. If you ever want to know if somebody is too young to date, ask them to go through the whole um, the Wu-Tang roll call. Who were they? From the slums of Shaolin. Wu-Tang Clan strikes again. Who was it? The RZA. The Jizza. Old Dirty Bastard. Inspector Deck. Raekwon the chef, you God, Ghostface Killer, and the Method Man. And let's not forget about Divine, his fine ass, the Rizzo's brother, who was in charge of everything that they did at the time. So yeah, I was diehard, knew all the lyrics, knew all the words, you know, just out there. So if you all are not um, familiar with the Wu-Tang series, or if you're already into it, let me know what you think about it. And oh, I had to look up the... Actor that's playing Ghostface Killer. Oh, he's so fine. His name is Sadiq Saunderson. I had never seen him before, but I love um what he's doing to that screen now. I'm so feeling the chemistry between him and the young lady that's playing his baby mother on the show. Oh, it's such a good show. Well, anyway, tasters, I'm gonna end it here. Thank you for joining me at my table. I really would love your opinion on this episode. Again, drop me a line. Hit me, MsIronbox at gmail.com. If you don't send me a Gmail, you can hit me in a DM, even though I prefer Gmails. Also, you can leave comments. You can leave comments on Spotify. When you go to Apple Podcasts, I'd like to start receiving some reviews. You can leave actual reviews 
on the podcast websites. You know, you can even Google my podcast and just leave your opinion and review. Like, tell me, do I talk too much? Do I not say enough? Am I boring? Am I too loud? Am I not loud enough? I want real, raw, honest opinions. Like, give it to me. I can handle it. You got to forgive me sometimes when I record, you know, I'm kind of sleepy. You know, I might just slur my words a little bit. I might skip over something or Damn, go back like I left something out. Well, anyway, I don't feel like I skipped over anything today. So, again, thank you for joining me at my table. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I look forward to giving you more. And, oh, what I will say, I got to end it with this. I feel like most of my tasters are night owls. So, instead of that 12 o'clock drop, you can still look for it at 12 on a Tuesday. I'm going to start doing a midnight table. Yeah. Welcome to the Midnight Table Tasters. (laughs) Bye.